Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. اللهم إنا نسألك الجنة وما قرب إليها من قول وعمل ونعوذ بك من النار وما قرب إليها من قول وعمل اللهم تقبل منا صيامنا وتقبل صلاتنا وتقبل تلاوتنا اللهم يا واصل المنقطعين أوصلنا إليك اللهم استرنا فوق الأرض وتحت الأرض ويوم العرض عليك اللهم اجعلنا ممن صام رمضان وقام رمضان إيمانا واحتسابا فغفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه اللهم آمين أما بعد We begin in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for indeed all praise and all thanks belongs to Allah azza wa jal and we send our salutations upon our blessed prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam upon his family, his companions and all those who strive to be like him until the last day we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to shower us with his blessings with his mercy and his forgiveness. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our fasts, to accept our recitation, to accept our standing in prayer, to accept our du'as, and to make us amongst those who are forgiven during this blessed night and blessed month of Ramadan. Allahumma ameen. First and foremost, I want to begin by thanking you all for joining, for attending this halaqah. It's a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to see not only during the month of Ramadan, but especially on a Friday night, at this hour, at this time, typically even for myself to be talking or to be in the masjid at this hour is very uncommon, is very unique. So for us as Muslims, and you'll see there are Muslims even who participated in the same day of fasting, the same night of taraweeh that we did, but you'll see how they're spending their night. You wouldn't think that they had fasted during the day. So our fast during the day is only a reflection. It's only a portion of the day. The night is also part of the month of Ramadan. And for us to be able to gather in the, in, in, in the masajid, in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to ponder upon the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has guided us to this. And if it was not for the guidance and the will and the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we would not be able to be in this position. We would not be guided here. So consider yourself somebody who is special in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided you to not only reach the month of Ramadan, to fast the first few days of Ramadan, to stand in prayer during the blessed month of Ramadan, but to also follow the good deeds that you did during the day with good actions that you are doing during the night. As our beloved brother and Imam Sheikh Muhammad mentioned, the purpose of these halaqat insha'Allah will be to look at certain topics through the lens of the Qur'an to see what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about a certain thing in the Qur'an, about a certain topic in the Qur'an? And the topic that we have selected for today, given that it is one of the foundational aspects that every Muslim should have and implement in their life, the pillars of Iman, the, their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as we know, we think about the hadith that we all hear about during the month of Ramadan. Man saama Ramadan imanan wahtisaban. Whosoever fasts, or in another narration, whosoever stands the month of Ramadan, or whosoever stands Laylatul Qadr with Iman and Ihtisab, seeking reward, ajr from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
All his previous sins will be forgiven. So in order for us to understand what Iman is or what the purpose of Ramadan is, it's important for us to think about and reflect upon what does it mean to have Iman during the month of Ramadan. And we think about the different verses in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has mentioned in the Quran. The verse that, specific, that specifies fasting, that implements fasting, that mandates fasting. Ya amanu, kutiba alaykum al-siyam. O you who have iman, O you who believe, fasting has been prescribed upon you. So that's what differentiates us, our fasting, from the fasting of any other person. You'll see people all around the world, they participate in fasting, they do intermittent fasting. Right? What's the difference between our fasting and their fasting? Ours comes with Iman. And this is the condition for this fast to be accepted and for your, for your sins to be forgiven, that you are doing this fast with Iman. This is what separates and distincts between us and those who fast without any Iman, without any belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They may be doing so for physical uh, benefit or for just their spiritual or mental well-being. Rather, we are doing so for a different purpose. And inshallah, tomorrow, at the Halaqa at Medina, inshallah, we'll discuss taqwa, the purpose of fasting, the benefits of taqwa, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran about taqwa. But inshallah, to begin with iman, and we'll be looking at a couple different ayat in the Quran in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about iman. And I'll also be bringing a couple of ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that give a picture, an image of what iman is. And inshallah ta'ala, it will leave us with an understanding at the end of the Halaqa tonight, inshallah, of what it means to have Iman and how understanding what our Iman is and how important it is will allow us to take the most or, or, or take the most advantage out of this blessed month of Ramadan. And inshallah, I don't plan to take too long. I know many of the brothers are tired. You've, stayed, you've been standing you know, in the night during the, in Salah. You fasted during the day. It's already late. So inshallah, we'll try to keep it brief. All I ask is that inshallah, try to be attentive. Try to make the intention that you're here to benefit and that you leave with something inshallah ta'ala. First and foremost about Iman, you have to realize that this is the biggest blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon you. As one famous scholar, Ibrahim ibn Adham, he said in a beautiful line, he said, لَوْ عَلِمَ الْمُلُوكِ وَأَبْنَاءُ الْمُلُوكِ مَا نَحْنُ فِيهِ مِنَ النَّعِيمِ وَالسُّرُورِ Ibrahim ibn Adham, rahimahullah, he said, if the kings and the sons of the kings if they knew what we experience of pleasure and happiness from our iman, from our belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they would fight us for it with their swords. And you'll see that a person who has iman, a person who has belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is strong, that person will always have a happiness, a state of their being, in which no matter what is happening around them or in their life, they will be in a state of contentment and pleasure towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is something that people would, they would do anything to have that feeling. People all around the world, this is all they're chasing. This, 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 pleasure, this feeling of pleasure, being satisfied, being content. And they take different means of trying to achieve that contentment, of trying to achieve that pleasure. But here in this statement, you see Ibrahim ibn Adham, he's saying that this pleasure, this satisfaction, this contentment is found in having iman. And Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, he said, إِنَّ فِي الدُّنْيَا جَنَّةِ مَنْ لَمْ يَدْخُلْهَا لَمْ يَدْخُلْ الْجَنَّةَ الْآخِرَةِ Ibn Taymiyyah, he said that in this dunya, in this dunya, in this life, there is a jannah, there is a paradise. And whosoever does not enter the paradise or the jannah of this dunya, 
he is not going to enter the Jannah or the paradise of the Akhirah. And there's many interpretation of what this Jannah of this dunya is. What is the paradise of this dunya? What could it be? When we know that the real paradise, the paradise of the Akhirah is something that no eye has seen, no ear has heard of, that something that we cannot even think or even imagine. And so some interpretations of what the paradise of this dunya is, is to be entered in a state of Iman. And so for us to, alhamdulillah, being born into Islam or having found our way to Islam, especially for those of us whom we may have been living a lifestyle in which was not pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but Allah guided us towards Islam, placed iman in our hearts. This is from the biggest blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And no matter how much you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this blessing, you are still not doing it justice. Now Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when he spoke about iman, the famous hadith, he said that Iman or faith has 60 to 70 branches. The best of them or the highest of these branches of Iman is to declare La ilaha illallah. And the lowest of these branches of Iman is to remove something harmful from the path, from the road. And then he added Al-Hayau Shu'batun Minal Iman. The modesty is a branch of Iman, is a branch of faith. And I want us to think about this hadith before we go into some of these ayats. And when we hear that Iman has branches, I want us to envision and think about a tree and use this for sake of example. Because the Prophet وسلم, he also mentioned in another hadith, he was asking his sahaba, he said that there is a tree that resembles the mu'min, the believer, the person who has iman. And the sahaba radiallahu anhum, from their adab, from their etiquette with the Prophet وسلم, they were shy to answer. So they didn't answer, even though they were thinking of something, and eventually the Prophet ﷺ affirmed what they were thinking. And he said the example of the believer, the person who has iman, is like the date palm tree. He's like the date palm tree. And I want us to think about these examples and I'll bring a couple of points that speak about how the date palm tree and how this image of a tree in general, if you envision it, resembles the character of a person who has iman. First of all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in the Qur'an, أَلَمْ تَرَ كَيْفَ ضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا كَلِمَةً طَيِّبَةً Don't you see the example of كَلِمَةً طَيِّبَةً A good word. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He compares that كَشَجَرَةٍ طَيِّبَةً A good tree, a firm tree. أَصْلُهَا ثَابِتْ Its roots are firmly fixed within the ground. وَفَرْعُهَا فِي السَّمَاءِ And its branches are high in the sky. So even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an gives us this imagery, this image of a tree and how it resembles something that is good, just as Iman does. And when we think of a date palm tree, there's a couple of points that I'll mention. First and foremost, the scholars from this hadith, they have interpreted that the trunk of a date palm tree from amongst any of the trees that you see, it will never be crooked. It's a very straight trunk, very firm, very rigid trunk. The date palm tree's trunk is very firm. And from this they deduce and they determine that this is also how a person who has iman should be. They should be firm in their faith. They are disciplined. They have a sense of morality. They follow a certain sense of codes. This is what keeps them firm and straight upon the path of Islam. You also look at how the date palm tree, the roots of the date palm tree are very deep. They go very deep into the ground. And as a result, it's able to grow very high and the branches, as you can say, or the leaves of the date palm tree are able to extend higher into the sky. And this is similar to the believer, a person who has iman. When iman is solidified, is strong, just as these roots are strong, then a person's iman will grow just as the branches or the leaves of a date palm tree grows. 
you will also see that even though we mentioned the trunk of a date palm tree is firm, very rigid, stands tall, you will see that the leaves of the date palm tree, they bend, they lower themselves. They are not necessarily always facing high. They are lowering themselves. And from this you deduce and you realize that a person who has iman, they are also somebody who humbles themselves. They are not walking on the earth with arrogance or with pride. They, they follow similar to how this tree bends its leaves. A person with iman, they lower themselves before the people. They don't boast, they don't argue, they don't show pride amongst the people. You also see how the date palm year round, it's evergreen, it's always green. It's always producing its fruits. And this is also how the believer is. A person who has iman, their iman is not only practiced during the month of Ramadan or in the last 10 nights of Ramadan or only on the day of Jum'ah. Rather, year round, it is an evergreen tree. Our iman should always be striving, we should always be striving to have our iman at an all-time high. And also you will see that the dates, the fruits that a date palm tree produces, the dates, they're very sweet. And from this you see that a person who has iman, they also, they have fruits. They give to the society. They give, they are a beneficial person. They give back to their family, to their friends, to their companions. They are somebody who uplifts your iman when you are around them because they give out their fruits. And the last analogy, and there's more, but the last one that I'll mention is you'll see that every single part of a date palm tree is put to use. No, not a single part of the date palm tree is, is, is gone to waste. You'll see even when the date palm tree, when the tree dies, the people of Medina at the time, they used to use the wood, the, the bark of the tree, and they would put it over their houses as their roofs. So you'll see from this example that every single part of a believer, they never let any time go to waste. They don't, they don't let any of the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed them with go to waste. Their eyesight, their ability to walk, their ability to speak, they use all these blessings. Just as a person who owns a date palm tree, they will utilize every single aspect of this date palm tree. And to also think about this, some scholars, they mentioned that this example of the date palm tree, as you think about the tree itself in science, you see that the tree is a symbol of life. The tree is what gives us oxygen, what provides us oxygen and allows us to breathe. And similarly, they say that the tree, in, in, according to us, or that Iman is like a tree. Iman is what gives us life. And just as you need to water a tree, you need to water your Iman. With what? With good deeds. And just as you have to take care of your tree to make sure it is not getting attacked by any animals, by any insects, or that it is not going rotten, being attacked by any weeds, you take care of your tree. How? By removing yourself, by, by protecting your Iman from sins. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, inshallah. Now, what are some of the benefits of having Iman? Thinking about this example, and you realize Iman is something that Rasulullah he spoke extensively about. Many ahadith. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in the Quran a lot about Iman. I'll go over three quick benefits of what it means to have Iman. First and foremost, one of the benefits of having Iman, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, a person who has Iman, they will be guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they will be granted safety by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَلَمْ يَلْبِسُوا إِيمَانَهُمْ بِظُلْمٍ أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمُ الْأَمْنُ وَهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that whosoever they believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
and they don't cover their iman with dhulm, with wrongdoings, with sins. For those people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide them safety. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make them amongst the rightly guided ones. You also see another benefit of iman is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you a beautiful life. Hayatan tayyibah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nahl, مَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى Whosoever does righteous deeds, whether they are male or female, وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ And they are a believer. They have the qualities of iman. فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them a good life. وَلَنَجْزِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْرَهُمْ بِأَحْسَنِ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reward them for the best of what they used to do. And so we realize this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is promising you, you have iman, you will have a blessed life, a good life. What more could you ask for? People, they look for iman, they look for happiness, they look for, for, for pleasure in different ways, in different means, through money, through drugs, alcohol, women, whatever it may be, they're all seeking this happiness and pleasure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, you want a happy life, a good life, you want blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, come with iman. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is promising you a good life, who can give you another offer that is going to beat that? No one. So this is another benefit of iman. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises for the people of iman a good life. And lastly, another benefit that I'll mention is that a person who has iman, shaitan, he does not have any power over that person. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, إِنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَهُ سُلْطَانٌ عَلَى الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Indeed, shaitan has no power, no influence over the people who have iman, who firmly believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and as a result, they rely upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّمَا سُلْطَانُهُ عَلَى الَّذِينَ يَتَوَلَّوْنَهُ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ بِهِ مُشْرِكُونَ Rather, the people that, uh, that shaitan can control or have an influence over are those who take shaitan as their friend and those who commit shirk. And so... For us, my beloved brothers and sisters, you see, we're in this month of Ramadan, the shayateen are locked up. You see the shaitan already, you are already able to do more good. You are feeling a sense of iman that you may not feel throughout the rest of the year. You feel your spirituality being heightened. You're able to do more. This is from the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And imagine if you continue this or you try to keep your iman high throughout the year, you will see that similarly, when shaitan whispers to you, when the desires come to you, they're going to have no influence, no, protect, no, no, no power over you. Because you realize the power of iman and how important it is for you to safeguard your iman. Now what does it mean to have iman? What are some of the qualities of the people of iman? And we'll look at some of the ayat in the Quran. First and foremost, from the famous ayat that speak about the believers, those people who have iman. The beginning of Surah Al-Mu'minun. And not to go too deep into it, but just for us to think about these ayahs. This is the whole purpose of these halaqat, to pick out verses from the Qur'an that you can go back to later and ponder upon. When you're reciting these verses, think about it. This is the month, Shahru Ramadan alladhi unzila fihi al-Qur'an. This is the month in which the Qur'an was revealed. So the best thing for us to do is to busy ourselves with the Qur'an. Think about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us, has taught us, has, has, has said in the Qur'an. This, is, this month is not the time to busy yourself with as, as the ulama, the scholars, when the month of Ramadan will come, they will close the books of hadith, close the books of fiqh, and only focus on the Qur'an. So for us, we want to do the same thing. At least just to look at these ayat 
just touch on their meanings and reflect upon them and see how we can bring these qualities into our life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the beginning of Surah Al-Mu'minun, what does He say? The qualities of the people of Iman, the people who are believers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ They have attained success. Successful are the believers. Such a grand level, such a high level of success. Nothing can compare to this level of success. They have achieved it. They have won. There is nothing else after this. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over the next 9 to 10 verses, He describes these believers. And many of us, we already know these verses. And I want to just quickly go through them. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ What comes next? الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ those who they offer their salah with khushu' with humility, with submissiveness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a state in which their hearts are humbled, trembling before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think about this verse. Think about how much you're standing in salah during the month of Ramadan. Some of us were praying 20 rak'ahs. We're praying multiple salah in the masjid. You're being able to come for jama'ah. But how do you take your salah to the next level? How do you attain this iman? How do you become from the people who are described as people who are successful in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The first thing that is mentioned about them is their salah. Salah is not just for you to get through the motions, to go through it quickly in a couple of minutes, not even think about what you're reciting, not have any fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No, rather a believer, a person who has iman, they should follow this definition of ihsan to worship Allah as if you can see Him. And know that if you cannot see Allah, that Allah sees you. So try to bring this quality into your life, into your night. Some of us will be standing for Qiyam. Some of us will be standing for Taraweeh. The rest of the month of Ramadan, try to stand with khushu', with humility, with a state in which you're reflecting upon the verses you're reading, no matter how much, how little or how much you're reading. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ And those, immediately after mentioning the salah, the next quality Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions is those who turn away from false or vain, or idle speech. And how, how often do we see during the month of Ramadan, even while fasting, or after we break our fast, we almost ruin the good that we did throughout the day by just wasting our time speaking about things that have no benefit, or things that are displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. While fasting, or even after fasting, even while breaking our fast sometimes, we're backbiting. We're thinking about things, we're talking about the dunya, we're talking about this, and, and very rarely do we find it that we are thinking and talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a sign of iman, a sign of the believers, is they try to stay away from vain speech. And during this month of Ramadan, try to contemplate about what conversations you're having. And not only in person, think about the conversations that you're having, happening in, in, that, are have, that are happening in group chats. If you need to mute a chat, you need to leave a chat, you need to delete your social media for the month, do it. Do it. What's, this is your sacrifice. And why are you doing it? To preserve your iman, to attain this quality of iman. And you will see the benefits, the fruits that come after it. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions some of the other qualities of iman, those who have belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِلزَّكَاةِ فَاعِلُونَ Those who they pay their zakat as a means of purification for them. Try to give sadaqah during this month. For those of you who are eligible to give zakat, you have to give zakat. Calculate your zakat. Do so with the intention that this you are following a pillar of Islam and you are trying to get closer and closer to Allah azza wa jal. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِفُرُوجِهِمْ حَافِظُونَ Those who they guard their chastity. They guard their private parts. They guard themselves from illegal sexual acts, from fornication. And this is even, you can even take this to the level of lowering your gaze, not speaking to the other gender that when you shouldn't be. Think about these things. How often do we see people ruining their Ramadan by not protecting their private parts? 
You'll see people are fasting during the day, watching videos they shouldn't be seeing during the nights, doing such illicit acts that they shouldn't be doing during the month of Ramadan. Just because your fast is over doesn't mean that you now, no longer you have to protect yourself from following your desires. So try to reflect upon this too. This is a quality of the people of Iman. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِأَمَانَاتِهِمْ وَعَهْدِهِمْ رَعُونَ In a few verses, He says, those who they are faithfully true to their amanat, to their trust, to their promises, to their covenant. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ And then later on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentions, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَلَى صَلَوَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِظُونَ He starts with salah, those who have khushur in their salah, and he ends this passage or this selection of verses with salah. Those who they safeguard and they preserve their salah. They safeguard their prayers. If you're fasting and you're not praying your salah on time, there's a bigger problem. Your salah needs to be prayed. Your fajr. How many times do we see people, they are fasting, but they sleep through fajr. They don't even have suhoor. Or they, they sleep, they're sleeping the entire day to the, to the point where they're missing duhur. Think about this, my, bro- my brothers. Don't, don't be amongst those who become so lazy or so pertinent, so in- insistent on your fast and not eating and drinking that you abandon what is more obligatory upon you, your salah, which will be the first thing that you are asked about on the Day of Judgment. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He ends this passage and He says, These people, these people who come with these qualities, they are not only the believers and not only have they attained success, but they are the inheritors. Inheritors of what? Those whom will inherit Jannah. And not just Jannah, but the highest level of Jannah, Al-Firdaus. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them. And elsewhere in the Quran, I'll give another example when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He speaks about the people of Iman. In the beginning of Surah Al-Anfal, Al-Anfal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins the chapter speaking about the spoils of war, battle of Badr, the importance of obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. And then he says in the immediately in the next ayah he describes the people of Iman. Indeed, the believers, who are they? When the signs or when the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are mentioned, are recited, their hearts tremble. Their hearts fall in a state of awe, of humility and humbleness before the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I'm sure this is something we all, in these, just these past three nights of Ramadan, we can attest to this. This is the month of Quran. When we're hearing the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being recited, you feel something in your heart, something that no other recitation no other reading of any other book can bring to your heart. And a sign of your iman is that when the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are recited, your iman increases. Wajilat qulubuhum. alayhim ayatuhu. And when the ayat are recited, zadathum imana. Their iman in its kafiyat, in its manner, in its, in its uh, importance, in, in how strong your iman is, it increases. And also another sign of iman from the believers is what? That they are placing their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions in a few verses after that, that he says, these are the true believers. And then he adds on, again, the importance of salah. And they spend from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided for them. 
this also is another sign of iman because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says these are the true believers so now I want us to think about what are some of the ways we understand what it means to be a believer what it means what we understand what it means to have iman what are some of the ways in which we can increase our iman in this blessed month of Ramadan and what are factors or things that decrease our iman that we should stay away from First and foremost, it's important to understand we believe that Iman, it does increase and decrease. So some of the Sahaba or some of the Tabi'in, they were asked, how does Iman increase and decrease? And they said that Iman increases when you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when you have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which we will be speaking about tomorrow. And they said your Iman, your conviction, your level of faith, not Iman in terms of you believing in Allah wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi, our iman is there, we believe in these things. But how firm you are, how strong you are in your iman, this is reduced when you become in a state of heedlessness, in a state of ghafla, where you are forgetful, forgetful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and when you waste your time and commit sins. This is what they mentioned. So how does a person get themselves to be in a state of increasing their iman? First and foremost, a person requires or needs knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He speaks about the people of knowledge, he says, "Shahid Allahu annahu la ilaha illahu." We heard this ayah in Tarawih tonight. Wal malaikatu wa ulul ilmi qaiman bil qist. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He spoke on behalf of the people of ilm, people who have knowledge, and He says that indeed Allah, the angels and the people of knowledge, they what they testify to the statement of iman. Shahid Allah annahu la ilaha illahu. Wal malaikatu wa ulul ilmi qaiman bil qist. La ilaha illahu al-azizul hakim. They testify to the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His oneness and believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for a person to have knowledge, it starts with a couple of things. First and foremost, knowledge of who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Make an effort, learn the, na learn the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This will increase you in your iman. This will increase you in your belief, your conviction in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you're able to understand the names and attributes of Allah, and more so, when you're able to call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with these names and attributes. Also increase your knowledge of the Qur'an. Try to read, recite, listen to, memorize, reflect, read the translation, surround, immerse yourself with the Qur'an this month. This is the best form of knowledge. You want to learn about something, look at the Qur'an. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Iman, you can, you can tie it to every single act that we do. Ya amanu, O you who have Iman, O you who believe, Kutiba alaykum al-siyam, fasting has been prescribed upon you. Ya amanu, idha qumtum ila salah, O you who believe, O you who have Iman, when you stand for prayer. Ya amanu, anfiqu, O you who believe, spend every single act that you do. It comes with that prerequisite of Iman. And when you do these actions, and when you reflect upon the Quran and these ayat, where Ya Ayyuhalladina Amanu, all you who believe is mentioned, it will it, it's a wake up call to you. Umar radiallahu anhu used to say that any time you come across the verse, any verse that starts, Ya Ayyuhalladina Amanu, all you who believe, all you who have iman, pay attention. Why? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking directly to you. You are a person of iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed you with this gift of iman. This verse is not for anybody else except for you. Try to apply it into your own life. When you hear this verse about fasting, about standing in salah, spending, <coughs> apply it to yourself. <coughs> and you'll also see, as we mentioned, the recitation and the listening of the Qur'an <coughs> is something 
that increases your iman. And this is something that even the Prophet wasallam he mentioned. He mentioned in a hadith the virtue of reciting Qur'an. And hopefully this gives us <coughs> some motivation to recite Qur'an. And what the state is of a believer who recites Qur'an. A person who has iman and they recite Qur'an. The Prophet wasallam he broke down the category of people who recite Qur'an into four. <coughs> he said the first person is the person who has iman. And he recites the Qur'an. For that person, the example is of a citrus fruit, of a citrus. Why? Because it is sweet in its taste and sweet in its smell. And then the Prophet ﷺ also mentioned another example. The person who has iman, but they don't recite any Qur'an. For that person, the Prophet ﷺ, the example he mentioned, that person is like a date. It's pers- that date is sweet in its taste. But it has no smell. You're not getting the full picture. You're not getting the full benefits. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he warned us. And he gave the example of the hypocrites, of the munafiqeen. And he said the example of a munafiq, a hypocrite who recites the Qur'an, is the example of a basil, the mint, or the fruit, or the, the stem of the leaf of a basil. Why? Because it has a pleasant smell. It smells nice when you have basil, when you have any herb or green in front of you, it smells nice. But the taste, if you put it in your mouth, you're going to spit it out. Why? Because it's bitter. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he also mentioned the example of a munafiq who does not recite Qur'an. The example of that person is that of a vine, just the vine. And that vine, when you, it has no smell. Sometimes it even has a displeasant smell. And when you taste it, it's such a foul taste. It has no taste. So try to be amongst the people who when you not only have iman, but you pair your iman and you try to strengthen your iman with the recitation of Qur'an. And this is what Imam Shatib, he from this hadith, he, he, he put it in his nazm, in his poem, He gave this example of the person who is persistent in the recitation of Qur'an is like the citrus fruit. It is sweet in its smell and sweet in its taste. <coughs> another sign or another way in which we can increase our iman is to reflect upon the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna fi khalqi samawati wal ardi wa ikhtilafi al-layli wal nahar la'ayatin li'ulil albab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that indeed in the creation of the heavens and the earth, the alteration of the night and the day are signs for people who reflect, signs for people who have iman. When you think about just the, even the moon, you see the moon on a Ramadan night, it should reflect, it should make you think about the story of Ibrahim rabbi. How he saw this moon, he thought it was his Lord from just his natural inquisition and, and, and curiosity. This is how a person should be, a believer should be. They see the signs, the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they reflect upon them. Allah even tells us, look at your own self, your own creation. Do you not see? How perfect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in His creation? Do you not see the camel, how it was created? Allah mentions His signs, His creations. Why? Because when you look at the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all the sciences that you see, astrology, astronomy, everything that you see, and you come and you attack these sciences, having iman, you will see only your iman will increase. But if you 
start reading about these sciences without any iman, a person who has no belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no iman, that person when they look upon these signs, these creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their iman is not going to increase because it was never there in the first place. They are just going to see these creations of Allah and think it is, it's, it's nothing, it's something simple. Rather a believer, their iman increases when they see the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And lastly, another thing that I'll mention about the uh, one way to increase our iman is to build a habit, a routine of having good deeds. As we mentioned earlier, the example of iman is like the example of a tree. And we mentioned as a tree needs water. Your iman being a tree, it needs water. What is the water to your tree of iman? The good deeds that you do. So establish a regular routine of good deeds that you are doing. Reciting the Quran, doing dhikr, making dua, giving in, in charity. Whatever it may be, do good deeds. Make a habit, make a routine for yourself. <clears throat> and of course, there are many other ways that iman is increased. But to talk, inshallah, for the sake of time, a couple of ways in which iman is decreased. And I'll divide this into two parts. How is iman decreased internally? There are a few internal factors that decrease our iman. And there are a few external factors that decrease our iman. Internally, what causes our iman to decrease? First and foremost is shaitan. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us, Inna shaytana lakum mubin. Indeed, shaitan for you is an enemy, a great enemy. And this was the promise. Even shaitan, he made a dua that was answered, that was accepted. To live until the last day. So that he can carry out his mission, his purpose. He wants to misguide every single person. So shaitan will come to you. And he will try to misguide you. Especially when you are already in a state of iman. You're here in the masjid. You're here practicing. You're praying your salah. Shaitan is going to try to come to you and take you off this path of Islam. Try to take you away from the path of iman. The people who are misguided, who, who are not obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, shaitan is not worried about them as much. Because they're already on their own. They're already disobeying Allah. Shaitan's mission is that He wants to misguide every single person. So he's going to come to you, the people who have iman, the people who are practicing. How do I get this person to stop going to the masjid? To stop learning, to stop picking up the Qur'an. So understand that shaitan is your enemy. And understand how to avoid the tricks of shaitan. Seek refuge from shaitan. A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim Know how shaitan is trying to get you. And reflect upon this. Secondly, you'll see that another sign of iman being decreased is a person when they have too much love for the dunya in which the love for their dunya distracts them from the hereafter and from worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the cure to this is to think of death. And when you think of death, your iman will increase. Your iman will increase. And I'm sure all of us, we know, we saw, we attended, how many janazas there was last, last week alone. And most of them being around brothers or sisters who are our age or even younger than us. So what gives you the privilege of sitting here thinking that you're guaranteed tomorrow, that you're guaranteed to make it to next Ramadan, that you're in this state of Iman. Being in Iman, this, the point is not to be on Iman now. The point is that you die with Iman. You can be with Iman now, but how you will be, how your state of Iman will be when death comes to you, when death approaches you. This is what the, the goal is, to have our Iman at the all-time high as we are in a state of leaving this world. And uh, another... Uh, factor that leads to decrease of iman is evil companionship. People who are dragging you down. People who are preventing you from getting closer and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And 
as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned to us, المرء على دين خليله فلينظر أحدكم من يخالل Indeed, the person is upon the religion of their friend. So look closely, examine who you take as your friends. And you'll see how even in the Qur'an, if we are talking about the Qur'an and you see the example, examples mentioned in the Qur'an of a person who comes on the Day of Judgment in such regret that they're biting their fingernails and they're saying, and they're saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya waylata laytani lam attakhith fulalan khalila. Oh my Lord, oh Allah, I wish I did not take this person as a friend, as a companion, as a khalil, as a close companion. Laqad adallani an dhikri ba'da idh ja'ani. It will, they, this person, they misguided me, they took away, they took me away from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after it had came to me. So now that you have iman, you're here in the masjid, you're practicing. Be careful of those who you keep around you. Try to keep yourself around people that you see to be righteous. As one of the famous imams, he said, choose the righteous people even if you don't consider yourself to be righteous. Take righteous people as your companions and love them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because even if you are not like them, then perhaps due to you loving them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will include you, include you amongst them. So try to be in a state in which you are surrounding yourself with good company. And these are these were the external factors that I mentioned of how iman decreases. Some internal factors of how iman decreases. First and foremost is ignorance. When a person is ignorant and they are prideful, arrogant, they are ignorant of, of belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ignorant thinking that they are guaranteed promise tomorrow, thinking that, that they are going to receive everything in a platter in front of them, that, that, that they are already upright, that they are already practicing. That person, the cure to their ignorance is knowledge. To immerse yourself in the Qur'an, to reflect upon the verses of the Qur'an, to study the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, to study the lives of the Sahaba anhum, and you will see by doing so, your iman increases. Another way in which your iman can be decreased is in which you are in a state of ghafla, heedlessness. When you don't care, when, when, when you don't even pay any attention to your salah. The time for salah came, I'll give it five minutes, I'll give it ten minutes. And that five, ten minutes turns into an hour or two hours. Oh, I have the Qur'an, I won't read it today, I'll read it tomorrow. I have time, I'm going to finish my khatam later on. This is a state of ghafla, a state of heedlessness. And the cure to that, one of the signs that we mentioned, one of the ways to increase our iman, is to build a habit or a routine of good deeds for yourself. That's the cure to heedlessness, to being in a state of ghafla. And lastly, another factor that uh, decreases iman is the sins we commit. As we mentioned the example of the tree, the, the sins that we commit, you can think about them, the weeds that feed on the tree of Iman. They're trying to destroy that tree, to make it wither away, to make that tree die. So if you don't take care of the weeds, if you don't take care of the sins that you are committing, no matter how big you try to get your tree of Iman to grow, it's always going to be held back by your sins. So try to think and reflect upon these factors of, of what decreases and increases Iman, and you'll see that when you do so, it will, it will make you reflect upon your Iman that you have been blessed with, and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase you in your iman. And from amongst the last things that I'll mention inshallah as we, as we uh, come to a close, is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he mentioned in a hadith about iman on the authority of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, that indeed your iman, the faith of a person, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said this, will wear out just as a garment of clothing becomes worn out. Your iman wears out just as a garment of clothing or a shirt that you are wearing wears out. So the Prophet ﷺ, he advised and he said, Ask Allah to renew the iman in your hearts. Make this part of your list of du'as in this month of Ramadan. You are fasting, 
you are seeking reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're reciting Quran, all of these come with the condition of Iman. We look at this hadith that we mentioned in the beginning. Man saama Ramadan, or man qama Ramadan, whosoever fasts or stand in prayer in the month of Ramadan, what is the condition? Imanan, with Iman, with firm belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I'll close by mentioning another ayah in the Quran, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He speaks about the people of belief. And He mentions how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored them. And from this, we learn a beautiful dua that I want each and every single one of us to learn and to include in our list of duas throughout this month of Ramadan. And the, the, the verse is mentioned in Surah Al-Hujurat. And it was also the habit, the authentic narration comes that this was the habit of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to make this dua. And he would say, Allahumma habib ilayna al-Iman wa zayyinhu fi qulubina wa karrih ilayna al-kufra wal-fusuqa wal-isyan wa ja'alna min al-rashidin. And the, the narration, the translation of this dua comes that, Oh Allah, habib ilayna al-Iman. Make Iman, make faith beloved to us. Sometimes we look at Iman as a burden upon us. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it beloved to us, something in which you taste the sweetness of Iman. When you're reading Quran, when you're giving in charity, you're doing so willingly, seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what this dua is saying. Habib ilayna al-Iman. Wazayyinhu fi qulubina. And beautify it in our hearts. Wakarrih ilayna al-kufra wal-fusuqa wal-isyan. And make kufr, make disbelief or unbelief, wickedness and disobedience, make those things hateful to us. And make us amongst the Rashidin, make us amongst those who are rightly guided. So I want us to just, inshallah, just a couple of times just say this dua, try to memorize it. Allahumma, habib ilayna al-iman, wa zayyinhu fi qulubina, wa karrih ilayna al-kufra wal-fusuqa. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst the people of Iman. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us towards Iman, to strengthen our Iman, to protect us from sins. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us in this blessed month of Ramadan to increase our Iman, to accept our fast, to accept our salah.